You're listening to Once, episode 20, Dreamy. Welcome to Once, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Dan Flynn. And I'm Jenny. And we are so happy that you are joining us tonight for this episode, or whenever you're watching this. And we're talking about this episode of Once Upon a Time called Dreamy. And a very different episode, but you know what? I liked it better when I rewatched it. (sighs) Oh, I'll reluctantly agree and say that (laughs) I enjoyed it upon our second watching, having prepared myself to hate it all over again. I liked it perhaps almost as much as I liked True North. Still my least favorite episode so far, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. There were patches where I was like, I'm watching Once Upon a Time. Yeah, I'm sort of with you on that. I laughed at one point. I'm like, oh, that didn't happen the first time through. (laughs) Yeah, well... I actually, even despite my initial reaction, I still laughed that night, but I was the only one. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Jenny, what did you think of this episode now that we've watched it a couple times? It's still kind of meh. And I thought the fairy was was still annoying the second time around. Like all her... And oh, everything. Wow. Just, was... You did that really well. <laughs> I'm she a girl. Actually... <laughs> Every girl does that well. She actually annoyed me more on the second watch than the first. Yeah. Well, let's get into talking about this. And I want to remind everyone that we have a very active forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums and a lot of people sharing a lot of great theories and conversation over there. And we've got blog posts and other podcast episodes over at oncepodcast.com. And screenshots that we mention in our show notes for this episode will be at oncepodcast.com slash 20. In our traditional fashion, let's split this up and go through fairy tale land first. It starts out with the <laughs> the spot that I think we all hate, the, <gasps> the giggling, not really giggling fairies. Just Nursery time for children. <laughs> yeah, but the... Fairy dust, what it said about the fairy dust is interesting. Fairy dust is the most precious substance in all the land. Its magic is what powers the world. This is the year's supply. Coffee is the most precious substance (laughs) in all the land. Absolutely. (laughs) So fairy dust is made from diamonds. Yes. Wait, diamonds or just gems? From diamonds. From diamonds. Because... Or Mithril. Yeah, they work in the diamond mines, they say. Okay. Mithril. Which, uh, I don't know if we really want to get into this now, but I don't like how <laughs> no. they get chunks of diamonds. and No. Oh, like you mean the huge things that they grind down? Well, it's like, take a pick- pickaxe and bam, bam, bam. Wow, that's a year's worth of diamonds. That whole thing. Like, they oh. seem to get chunks of what looks like the diamond rock that they ground into the pixie dust. Yeah. Yet, it's supposed to be a year's worth and very precious, but they seem to be making it quite quickly. Yeah. Well, we're seeing them finish making a bag. That bag is supposed to last a whole year. I I rewatched that first few minutes several times, actually. Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) I might uh, stumble over clouds, but 
that <laughs> a few things interesting in this is first when this happens when we first see the two fairies in the clouds this is a year before the rest of the story takes place oh because when when nova the pink fairy meets dreamy I call later it on he says i'm a year old or you're correct he said i was born mm-hmm. last year and she says you're one year or she says you're one referring to his age and he said yeah people say i look young for my age <laughs> thank you because that was driving me crazy they say it's a year's worth and then she's down in the mine next thing you know getting a bag the same size and i'm going uh yeah, guess that's that. for next year right but no it is <laughs> and also the dust that made its way down there was accidentally spilled right it looked it looked like it chose him too it's very odd it just sort of got brushed down and then sucked into the egg so what's interesting though is when the dust then hits the egg he said that he saw her from the dust which is really doesn't make any sense because it didn't come from her it came from the mines yeah how did that happen he would have seen like old dwarf dudes (laughs) (laughs) see she and would not have woken up it bugs me because it's like it's almost like she had a part in his birth which just creeps me out with all that is to follow (laughs) yeah um yeah i nicknamed her clumsy and decided she looks like a jellyfish and that was all in the first couple of minutes and then we had the eggs yeah where do the eggs eggs come from where do the eggs come from and why eggs well we mentioned this on our uh, sunday thing when we did the initial reactions is just after paley fest adam kitsis Ed Kitsis and Adam Horowitz were at Paley Fest answering questions. And one of the things that they said, the people at Paley Fest got to see this whole episode screened several hours before the rest of the world saw it. So one of the things that they said is that the story of the dwarves is like their backstory is something we've never heard. There are so many blanks. And this episode really was filling in a blank that I guess not many people thought of. But, but it's totally filling in stuff that wasn't there. Yeah, so but it was bad. <laughs> they decided that since we've never seen a female dwarf in Seven Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and some of the other fairy tales, that they decided, we'll just say, there aren't any female dwarfs. All right. And that's what actually one of the dwarfs said, and his name was Bossy, but he said there were no female dwarfs. There are no female dwarfs. Dwarfs don't fall in love. Dwarfs don't get married. And dwarfs don't have children. Why do you think you were hatched from an egg? Where did the thing that <laughs> laid the egg go? And what was it? <laughs> it was a giant dwarf. Also, what? they mentioned a giant dwarf laid the egg. Wait for it. <laughs> um, they also mentioned that they're all brothers, which means that they all came from the same source or something. Or are they source. magic? Maybe they're thought... the same batch. Bossy said, <laughs> the same, same carton. Batch. Bossy dwarves. said, you're seven brothers. Now, seven, including stealthy. Poor stealthy. Yeah. Well, it could have been from the same batch and been brothers because there were way more than just batch. seven eggs. And oh, yeah. Maybe the rest of them were like cousins. <laughs> weren't. <laughs> we'll say. Maybe it. they didn't have dwarves in them and they just ended up being some people's breakfast. Oh. <laughs> um, like that egg. Yeah, something like that. I, I don't know. Everything else they've shown us in Fairy Tale, for the most part, has been. Yes, fairy tale, but 
making it seem like it was for adults and perhaps succeeding at suspending disbelief and making me actually interested in fairy tales, which by and large throughout my life, I have not been that much. Mm. You know, I liked the Disney movies when I was a kid, but overall I wouldn't call myself a fairy tale person, but I like this show. The fairy tale stuff in this episode felt like it was for, you know, those under 10. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think, Daniel, you mentioned that they're trying to gear it more. This is a family show. Right. Um, But there is a difference between a family show where you all sit down on the couch and watch a show together with maybe like some kids that are 10 or 15. And this seems sort of like, okay, kids, I'm putting on Once Upon a Time while your wife and I go make dinner. (laughs) Your wife, or, and I. Well, your mother and I. <laughs> your mother and I go make dinner. Well, I don't know if you were hatched and you're one year old. And yeah, I don't know. I might have a wife. Don't make that work. That's just weird. But re- <laughs> but rewatching this episode, there were a lot of little details that I managed to pick up, and we've caught some of them as we're uh, rewatching. And uh, one of the other things is they're not just mining diamonds. Now, the whole mining diamonds thing, by the way, comes from the Disney Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. The actual fairy tale of Snow White includes seven dwarfs. They didn't have names. Disney was the one that gave them the names that we know them by today. Someone else named them something else along the way, but Disney Mm. gave them the names we know. And in the actual fairy tale, the dwarves were just said to work in the mines. Didn't say what kind of mines. Mm. Disney were the people who added that the dwarves were mining in the diamonds diamond mines and disney was also instantly the one that gave the dwarves their words (laughs) (laughs) okay well that got my attention (laughs) and then the interesting little history lesson is it wasn't until later uh that someone else really revisited these lyrics in a slightly different way. Those videos will be in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 20 in case you want to burn your brain out by watching them. Uh, we thought that Leroy or not Leroy, Grumpy or Dreamy or whatever he was called at that point, was going to bust out in that song so many times during this episode. Because I don't know how many times he said, I am a dwarf. Like, okay, we get that. But the again, the fairy dust is said to be something that goes across all the world. Not just like some little kingdom of fairy tale land, but like the first fairy, the blue fairy, had said that uh, the the fairy dust is for the world, and it gives even light to the world. Yeah, and Bossy said something similar. We mine the diamonds that get crushed into dust that give light to the world. See, I think this is just something that the blue fairy, or perhaps those above her, say to keep fairies wanting to be fairies and dwarves wanting to be dwarves and not chase their dreams. I I think it's all a conspiracy. I don't think fairy dust does anything except mm-hmm. make them sparkle. In the forums, <laughs> Heather, you may laugh. It's a joke. I'm not serious. <laughs> Heather in the forums had started a post, and you should check it out. It's a really popular post over in the forums at onespodcast.com slash forums, suggesting the dwarves are slaves to the fairies. 
So it's a great post and you should check it out. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 20. I wouldn't exactly say that they're slaves to the fairies because Bossy was saying we enjoy, well, uh, Bossy told them to enjoy. (laughs) Dreamy asked, and we enjoy this? He said, yes, we do. We even whistle while we work. But his name's Bossy. Yeah. By the way. So no one's going to like say no to that. Why do their names have to, all the new dwarves, why do they all have to be bossy or stealthy? I mean, the original and, and, D- Disney ones had Bashful and Doc. Well, they don't all have to end in Y. Yeah. But, there was also Watchy. <laughs> I was know. the one dwarf that was They could have called eggs. him Watchful. It would have been cooler. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Watchy was... Watchy was a big stretch, and they could have just said Watchful. By the way, anyway. I thought it was a little <laughs> weird how... Basically, Dreamy says, I saw, um, who was the woman I saw? And, you know, we, we already discussed that. Um, but he asked, who am I? He's like, oh, you are a dwarf. So he didn't know that he was a dwarf, but he knew what a woman was. <laughs> it's like there was this, some weird selection of limited knowledge that, the, that rests upon them upon birth. It was a little odd. Like, they know some things, they know how to do manual labor, and that's about it. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, though, he learns about love kind of well then along the way when we skip scenes around and then it comes to the mines and that's when the fairy comes a year later comes to get the next year's supply of fairy dust yes, thank you for that which again is in peril yeah <laughs> oh, oh no mm-hmm. <laughs> yep i think you did that better than uh jenny there <laughs> I just Doxon would be proud. <laughs> oh, sad. Dreamy talking to Nova, the fairy, <laughs> said, I believe you can do anything you want as long as you can dream it. Uh, I hate that line. It sounds so <laughs> cheesy. Well, as long as you can dream it, you can so, fly off that cliff. <laughs> so he's the one that said that to Nova. And then Astrid, who is Nova in fairy tale land, actually said this chronologically in the episode. She said this before we heard Dreamy say it to her. She said the same thing to Leroy in Storybrooke. Someone once told me, you can do anything as long as you can dream it. It's a neat crossover there. And we've seen that several times. Dumb crossover, depending on your perspective. (laughs) Where someone said it in fairy tale land, and then someone else says it in Storybrooke. And that's so that's happened several times before. And it's kind of neat to see that because the person who said it no longer believes it in Storybrooke. But it was in Fairy Tale uh, Land, the person who said it is convincing someone else. That's cool. That does happen a lot, actually. Yeah. And uh, Nova is her name. And we mentioned this in the initial reactions in Nova in Fairy Tale Land, and it's Astrid in Storybrooke. And they're both kind of astronomy related. Then there's that scene in the tavern, and that tavern gets reused a bit. Okay. Because I looked at it, and I thought, wow, that looks like the tavern that we saw the huntsman in when we first met him. I looked, and sure enough, it is. Same columns, same hanging candles, same uh, positions and of not quite furniture, but same uh, window <laughs> positions and doors and stuff. Well, okay. But then... Later on, we see the same room reused for the dwarf's cabin. So I I don't think what? they're implying... Yeah, when the dwarfs were sleeping, 
and Grumpy, or Dreamy at that time, was going to leave, the cabin they were in was the exact same cabin or tavern or whatever we want to call it oh. now. The same building. So I think they're just recycling their scenes, their I props see. and such. They rearrange the furniture. Is that one an actual set or is it a green screen? Can you tell? It's an actual set. Okay. Well, like, that makes more sense. What then. I'm looking at, yeah, are the pillars, which are a distinct shape, and the hanging candles. Okay. So they just hoped shape. we wouldn't notice. Which, yeah. by the way, you notice the candles are the same ones found in Storybrooke. Yes. Cool tie That was very cool. Yeah. And in that tavern... I noticed a little detail, and I'll have a screenshot of this in the show notes, oncepodcast.com slash 20. As the dwarves were sitting around the table, and the other seven are having a fun time, and Dreamy is there, kind of conflicted with these feelings of love, all of the dwarves (laughs) have these mugs, and they're drinking from mugs. Very cool mugs, by the way. Yeah, very decorative. I want one. And Dreamy's mug had a picture, though, on it. And it looks like maybe the Pied Piper in the picture, because it looks like a boy or a man playing a, a flute or a pipe or some kind of instrument with his mouth. I don't think Jeremy believes you. <laughs> I don't just know like, what you are referring he's to. He's <laughs> sipping his coffee, and he just when he stops sipping his coffee, you know something's going on in his mind there. <laughs> this is true. But I will have that screenshot in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com. So you guys can check that out too. But I'm pretty sure that it's, I'm guessing it's the Pied Piper. Okay. But uh, I'd love for people to go check that out over at oncepodcast.com slash 20 and let us know what you think it looks like. That would be a very creepy story to get into the show. Yeah. They should do it. It would be better than fairies. (laughs) But uh, a very logical story because it is a fairy tale. And kind of a popular one. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, Mr. Gold, I mean, Rumpelstiltskin should also be the Pied Piper. Because he's after all the kids. <laughs> he totally has the, uh, was like spunkiness. Whoa. <laughs> and right now I'm showing it to everyone else here in the studio That's so they so can see what it's like. A bleeding heart or a. It could just flower. as easily be little Miss Muffet sitting on her tuffet and eating curds and whey. I see it. You see the pipe, Piper? That red thing Piper. is his cape, mm-hmm. and it's trailing behind him, and he's walking, Such and there's sh- the little triangle up under the hat is the little mm, horn. Maybe. I see a squire in Princess Toadstool's court <laughs> drinking from a beer stein. You know what? From a dis- it's always weird. From a distance, it looks more like <laughs> more like him than close up. Why do they okay, have yes. lids on them? Not zoomed in, I might agree. <laughs> so well, they're I'll steaming, so they might have like hot chocolate, because everyone in Fairytale Land drinks hot With chocolate. Cinnamon. Mm-hmm. I'll have that in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 20, so you can check that out. Let us know what you think it is, and it could very well be a fairy tale that we're not even thinking of, because I haven't finished reading every single fairy tale there is. And... You haven't? No. And Dan, I'm sure you haven't either. There's like millions. <laughs> yeah. Of each edition, of each version. There's millions of versions, basically. I so, love... Go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say, it was great seeing Belle again. Yeah. <laughs> I said that to her. It's great seeing you again. <laughs> and, but uh, she's had, she had a lot to say about love, as they often do. But a lot of the stuff that she said and a lot of things that were said later just had this sort of theme of love comes and goes, so enjoy it while you're in the moment but it's probably not going to last yeah which well, was very of, strange sort of like what uh 
you find out later on um, Leroy saying to Mary Margaret about just hold on to your happy memories type of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I didn't. I, I mean, she's a great actor, but the the lines and the way the whole message was portrayed seemed odd. And it's still a little bit difficult to place exactly where this is in the timeline because, well, it's not too difficult, I guess. But was this when Mr. Gold sent her away the first time or the second time? Well, I don't think she had any time and I don't think she had any reason to be talking like that the first time. Rumpelstiltskin, by the way. Right. But (laughs) the first time Rumpelstiltskin sent her away, both times she was wearing the same dress as she was in that scene there in the tavern with the dwarfs. But the first time she was wearing a a shawl or a cape or something over her and she had a basket no sight of either of those two things in the tavern so i'm thinking this is the second time when she's leaving rumpelstiltskin's castle for good so all of this is happening at the same time as skin deep is happening because she's not really locked in a tower she's hanging out in bars holding on to her happy memories and telling other people they should go after someone who's reaching out but will eventually break their heart Wait, are you saying this is when she left the king back? Or are you saying this is when she left for good, right? I think it's when she left for good. Okay. Because that's what I would agree with as well. Um, and we know that the tower thing was a lie anyway. Right. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, her jumping off a tower. but Or even being in it in the first place. But the evil queen probably did capture her. We're thinking since she's in the evil queen's... Oh, maybe. No. Someone mentioned about... about the dwarfs being slaves to the fairies and blah 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 anyway but they're in the mines all the time and they do get to the forest so that jump we have to figure out how or we're going to find out how they get from the mines to the forest but um i'm wondering if the if regina or the evil queen comes and tries to get bell if that has some relationship to how they try to go after and maybe save bell or something or what does bring them out if bell's going to be hanging out with dwarfs well this doesn't happen too much before the dwarves and Snow White get together. But the there's no reason to say that the dwarves aren't allowed to walk around in the forest. Even in the original fairy tale, Snow White came to the dwarves' house. She found it and fell asleep inside while the dwarfs were at the mines and then they came back from the mines then mm. they went to the mines the next day so they still work at the mines and even the disney version is exactly the same at, at that detail there because this episode we saw them sleeping and had their own little beds inside mm-hmm. yeah. the mines no inside a cabin okay i get it now right so they live in some kind of cabin and like i said it's a reused yeah. stage it's hard to but say exactly what it is because things do get reused but yeah. But we don't need I can see that. to worry about that because I'm sure they didn't mean to imply that they were living in a tavern. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we're very hospitable. By the way, okay, there. after Belle talks to um, Dreamy and he goes and tries to find her, we find that the fairy stops him. I don't like her in this scene. She just seems mean. And then... She also, I don't know. It's I don't just know like, if she seemed mean. I think I thought that the first time. I didn't feel that this time. She does say, though, that if he goes back in the mines and stays with what he was meant to be or something, that the two of them would bring untold joy to the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what joy is being brought? Because it definitely seems like the joy would have been there if they had gone together as opposed to 
being now dr- from dreamy to grumpy for the rest of his life, going to Storybrooke as grumpy. She becomes a nun, so obviously she didn't find any bachelor. So I well, think she was just saying that um, if they went ran off together, they would they would only um, be able to bring joy to each other. But if they kept doing what they were doing, they could bring joy to everyone else because they were both they both had mm-hmm. important jobs. It's a classic story technique where they say, and I can't think of the actual movies, but several movies I've seen are stories where, yes, you can be together, but realize that by being together, you're going to prevent them from pursuing their dreams that they've always had, or you're going to prevent them from reaching their potential, and you're not going to reach your own potential if you go down this path. Yeah, and if you believe the fairy conspiracy, they're both essential in making the world magical, so I guess that makes people happy. The fairy conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But Bossy had said that dwarves can't love, it's just a dream. And and uh, the Blue Fairy added to that, that it's just a dream, which I think could be true because Dreamy came out of his egg. That sounds so weird to say, <laughs> but he came out of his egg having been influenced by the fairy dust Yeah, and therefore might have had a different outlook on life and different thoughts and dreams than anyone else well so then don't you think that the story and we might have talked about this before but don't you think the story isn't over because he will probably eventually try again to follow his dreams yeah that's probably the bigger metaphor here yeah and and that story that he told to snow white in the prison several episodes ago that he said that he tried to do a diamond or he traded his wages for a diamond with the foreman which is probably bossy, and it ended up being uh, some kind of ruse or, or a trap or something. That doesn't seem... Do you think there are dishonest dwarves? Because they all seem so goody two-shoes, hatching out of their eggs and doing <laughs> their work while whistling. Or I don't know. Switch that and reverse it. I well, Grumpy is different. <laughs> Strike it. Yeah. And he could have been lying, though, when he told that story to eh, Snow White. I didn't. I don't think now, he was I know lying. when people are lying. No, I mean, <laughs> what? Well, there's, he did something, and we still have yet to see this. That he does something that throws him into prison. It wasn't this episode because he separated from Nova. So we still have yet to see what happens that throws him into prison, if we get to see it. By the way, that boat that Nova showed him, I was thinking, oh, is that the exact same boat? It's not the same boat as what he has. Yeah, the the boat that he had was a lot smaller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, More modern. And only worth three grand. (laughs) (laughs) According to Mr. Mr. Gold. But there is something really cool that in our forums, DJ Firewolf had gotten some screenshots and posted some things for people to just look at, compare, see. What do you guys think? Do you catch anything? And by the way, I love that someone had done that, that DJ Firewolf did that and got those screenshots early because he caught something in his post. He shared this. You know the scene where um, where the fairy and Grumpy <gasps> are looking Disney's over? Disney's opening. Yeah. yeah That's looking, what I thought. Let me, let me describe it Sorry, for people. Sorry, I just figured out. Right, when he's, yeah, continue. <laughs> this is when the fairy and Dreamy are looking over the valley and looking at the fireflies. The river in the background and general scenery is the same as Disney's newer animated logo. You know the logo where it's da da da, oh da, da, 
Oh yeah, yeah. that one. I know what you're yeah. talking about. And it's like all it's nighttime, and you see the river, and then the camera pans over the castle and the fireworks. That whole thing. That river that's in the scene is the same river here in this uh, fairy tale land. Indeed, it is. So awesome crossover. Excellent catch, DJ Firewolf. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. So I thought I saw some castle in the background with purple smoke coming out. There was a village and a village on a hill or a mountain, but it didn't really look like a castle. Hmm. But uh, I'll go ahead and put screenshots in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 20. And including these Disney screenshots courtesy of DJ Firewolf. So nice catch there. Anything else to mention about Fairytale Land? Not really. Other than the fireflies look kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Did someone mention the line about um, Belle's saying, well, her, she said, I've had my heart broken enough to know when somebody's reaching out. That made it sound like she had her heart broken quite a few times. Yeah, which was part of what yeah. bothered me because it, that's that's kind of what I was kind of griping about, about her sounding like the whole point is to just go after moments of being in love that probably aren't going to last, but you should go after it anyway. Although, is she saying, I've had my heart broken enough, just counting one? Because in a sense, having your heart broken once, many times, is enough. Yeah. Mm. I took it, it as... sounded like quantity to me. I don't know. I, I just took it as, like, she's had it broken so much that what she's hearing Dreamy talk about is true love and yeah. to pursue it because mm. she's pursued so many things that she realized weren't true love in the past that now she's realized her lesson she has you know this knowledge and she's telling him this is this is true pursue it don't fall for things that are fake that's what i got from that, it that's a that's a nice way to maybe i'm him. just optimistic and since you're not. she said to know when someone's <laughs> reaching out it was just almost like yeah it was like it was an awkward line yeah scene everything as an aside speaking of the writing can we do we know for sure who wrote it because the credits that i can find say that kitsis and horowitz wrote this episode which it did not feel like one of their episodes to me um i thought we had found that it was the same person who wrote or team who wrote the heart is a lonely hunter which was them no i heard it's the same writers from the first two episodes but it was the director from the one who wrote correct heart is a hunter. well either way that should Thanks be them Doxon. Yeah, I believe they wrote the first two episodes as well, which okay. again, those were such quality episodes. I don't really understand some of what happened here. But uh, one more thing yeah. in fairy tale, I thought the pickaxes were a bit reminiscent of the Dark One's sword. Yeah, so I was like, oh look, another sharp implement that bears someone's <laughs> name magically. <laughs> that was something that bothered me. Okay, Dreamy talks about the girl and everything. He gets the axe. It says dreamy and bossy says the axe never lies or something like that <laughs> and then breaks an axe give me a new axe now he's grumpy i mean did did it lie then because no. that was supposed to be his name what like if they that... all picked up multiple axes Would they all get like <laughs> multiple names well he was no longer <laughs> dreamy maybe it wouldn't have broken <sighs> he changed and he was different really he was different from the rest of them because he yeah, was he touched quit. with the fairy dust he quit looking like grumpy. a creeper i just thought it was weird i thought maybe like the axe did technically lie in the beginning because either he was always meant to be dreamy and it shouldn't have changed to grumpy or is like a mood ring (laughs) 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 my mood axe (laughs) moving into storybook then it starts out in the diner and grumpy or 
Leroy is at the counter. He's eating, and we see him crush the egg, which is immediately after that whole egg hatching <laughs> scene. So <laughs> kind of awkward carryover. Yeah. But then two other dwarves, Mr. Clark and Walter, who are sneezy and sleepy, respectively. And he looked very sleepy too, by the way. Sleepy, the by the way. Pastino <laughs> Debato. Uh, oh my. Thank you very much again for calling in into yes. our podcast a couple episodes ago. Really appreciated that. It's like we cheer every time we see we see you on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else want to call in? We'd love it. <laughs> but uh, they come up and you know that whole awkward scene. And Walter is an interesting name for Sleepy. Uh, I'm not sure if we'd known his last name before. I know we've seen him before. I can't remember if we saw his last name. I can't remember. And this is Miner's Day. Now, it is actually this day. It's not an upcoming day. Almost all of the events... Well, wait. Yes. All of the storybook events we see in this episode take place within the same day. Correct. So this is Miner's Day. And Mary Margaret comes in with this speech, and no one is interested in helping her. However... And by the way, who does that? <laughs> she's Excuse desperate. me. I mean, even if people liked her... At that time, who walks into the diner in the morning and says, I need to have your attention? <laughs> she was desperate for help. Well, that's a lack of planning. So mm. no one is interested in helping her. However, while she was speaking, the camera showed Mr. Clark sneezy. And as she is saying, today is Miner's Day, he's got this face, this look on his face like, Oh, it's Miner's Day. Like, he's really... <laughs> I missed that. He's happy and kind of smiling about it, kind of like, oh, yeah. And... Oh, it's the, iPad 3 announcement day. Ah, like that, she, that type of face. As Sorry, she continues, <laughs> As she continues to ask for volunteers, the camera then shows the whole diner, and you see most everyone from their backs, but you can just barely see Mr. Clark touch uh, Sleepy's or Walter's shoulder, like tap him on the shoulder and Walter looks around and it looks like Mr. Clark was interested in volunteering and was asking Sleepy or maybe suggesting it's Sleepy or something, some kind of exchange, huh. pleasant exchange went on there between them around the fact that this was Miner's Day. I'm thinking it's uh, maybe some kind of tie in because because maybe they were dwarves in <laughs> well, fairy tale. <laughs> maybe there's some connection that they have that they want to support the miners. And they maybe. also have this connection to Mary Margaret because they were the seven dwarves. She was Snow White. We need people who know things about Maine to call in or send us emails <laughs> because Emma seriously questioned having a miners day in Maine and made some crack about lobster or seafood or something being more understandable. So does that mean that mining is an oddity for Maine that sort of has to do with Storybrooke? Maybe, but I think it's really one of those things that maybe they do, they've done, that they never really knew why. Well, yeah, for but sure. But the reason is... Or they never did, and this is the first time because they're stuck in time. They always thought they did. There were memories. This is the first Miner's Day... Yeah, and the rest of them are just, yeah. But so is it, is it out of place in Maine is my question. I think it is. Because I hadn't thought about real. that. Now, why she didn't question that back when they found a mine, yeah, I'm not sure. That but... was odd. <laughs> By the way, coal mining and diamond mining, <laughs> that's a cool crossover. That that uh, diamonds, you know, the this process of making diamonds, uh, diamonds are found inside of coal. So maybe really? the Hunger Games said gold comes from <laughs> well, coal come 
gold come from this coal? is the once upon a time podcast. that's a okay. whole different well, issue I can't spit it out. So Storybrooke <laughs> is a lump of coal that under a great enough pressure will become a diamond. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah sorry. Exactly. <laughs> so Grumpy's getting all this pressure and soon he will be dreamy again because he will become a diamond. That would be <laughs> even more awkward than uh, I don't know. That's the message I got but from this. When Leroy leaves, storms out, and he he makes that um kind of biting statement against Mary Margaret. Quite a team we'd make. Town harlot, town drunk. The only person in this town that people like less than me is you. And so for the rest of my notes on the Storybrooke side, I referred to them as drunken harlot. (laughs) Just so everybody knows. (laughs) Because they didn't seem, well, Mary Margaret didn't really seem much like herself in this episode to me. So that's a drunk and... Not a drunken harlot. Yeah. Okay. I loved, yeah. Sorry. I loved it when she when she said to Emma, "I've never been a home wrecker." I love how she said that. She did. I did notice more rewatching that she had more of those endearing Mary Margaret moments. Yeah. Ooh. The irony I of this too it. is pretty hilarious when you think this is Snow White, like the most precious, you know, <laughs> nicest. Uh, princess first princess ever that disney created and and then she's treated like this in uh, the abc show so that's true i like the irony of it she the actress had actually always dreamed of being a disney princess growing up so now she gets to be one (laughs) which is awesome leroy is just kind of storming through town sort of he's walking through the middle of the town hall yard where they're setting up for miners day and astrid spills glitter on him and from even this where what there was a little she's changing light bulbs there's a thing of glitter no just before she was working with light bulbs she was brushing this sign that said i think it said happy miners day or or something miners day and it looked like she wasn't actually adding paint maybe she was painting glitter or sticking glitter to the letters i didn't notice that i was gonna say because at first i thought that the sign was being painted supposedly but it did look like that's not paint that doesn't look very good yeah it, it was kind of awkward cheesy, just like a dry brush going across the sign that's so hopefully been painted. it was hopefully but it was just glitter and glue and there was actually <sighs> yes a container of glitter you just barely see it for a moment in one of the shots but there is an angle where you get to see the glitter there in one of uh, containers over on the ladder that she's working on and even here she's clumsy yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, and still going, oh. <laughs> yeah. Not quite as much, though. <laughs> Not quite, but... Oh, I didn't like that at all. And it's interesting that, again, Leroy still has this huge desire to sail, which is a desire he had in Fairytale Land as well. And also, I thought it was funny because um, Astrid has this huge desire to buy multiple quantities of helium to fly like a fairy. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice. I didn't catch that. Good catch. I didn't think about that. It just came to me. I was like, why did she get all the helium? Like, oh, okay. It's her pixie dust. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I I felt like there was some kind of fairy tie-in, but I couldn't put my finger on it. <laughs> or that, that was great. her little... Oh. It was all like high-pitched, like she had helium in her. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Then we're at Catherine's car, and Emma is there investigating, and she's taking pictures with a Polaroid camera. Yeah, that might... Mm. Could have been just a convenience thing. Dude, I ha- I'd have a Polaroid if I, I was gonna found say one on Craigslist. 
probably been more common in law enforcement for longer than it has in the general public, although I would say most have switched to digital cameras by now, most likely. To prove an accident, they say carry a film camera in your glove compartment because digital can be changed and photoshopped and everything else. So film is the only thing that's legally accepted in a court of law to be able to prove something happened. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so she that, is rocking the Polaroid for good purpose. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a dated item. But it was odd that she said the gym teacher found the car. Yep. But this is the day after. So did it take... And she only just got this call to come out while she was with Mary Margaret in the morning. And Jeremy... Oh. No. So, so it took the gym teacher that long <laughs> to call it in? Like, oh, I think I'll go home, sleep, and then call this in to well, the sheriff. we don't know... I suppose, what time of the morning this is, for sure. And we don't know what time of the night he found the car. It was right when she was leaving. True. I guess she probably wasn't it leaving. It was dark. And maybe the- she had a long drive and she was leaving in the early morning, maybe. Or maybe Emma was just like, uh, I don't know. It does seem more or maybe the writers like, thought, I'll investigate like, in the morning. Writers thought a dark scene would just add to the suspense. No, um, David <laughs> had said when... David arrived on the scene. He said, I saw her yesterday, or when referring to the last time that they talked, he said, I saw her yesterday. We talked. Then I got home and all of her things were gone. Right. And that was yesterday, not today. So sure. it is an overnight thing, just kind of odd timing. Yeah, there. it is. Um, two things frustrated me about that scene. Uh, I guess I was really nitpicky this entire episode. I tried not to be. I had a more positive attitude than initial reaction. So Yeah, I tried to. Mr. Glass is way <laughs> too pushy. Like, obviously lying. And I hate the fact that Emma cannot realize that. Either she knows and she's letting herself be played to try to figure out something, or she's really just not getting it. Did you notice the look that Mr. Glass gave her when she said, you don't work for Regina yes. anymore. He's like, He's like, oh, you don't know. She actually said, calm down, tiger. Yeah. <laughs> so is she conning him back or is she really, for some reason, oblivious? It seems like she's naive. Yeah. It because of her reaction way. to the phone records. Someone also thought that Mr. Glass has no recollection of, of fairy tale land, that he is still stuck in Storybrooke. So he is genuinely trying to um work for regina and get yeah. regina to like him yeah so his motives are different as opposed to trying to take over storybrook he knows exactly what to say to her in order to motivate her to mm-hmm. like see it his way and to get her to to do everything that he wants her to do yeah, and Doxon, think what she wants her to think in the chat room here he wants her to think yeah dachson is basically agreeing with you i think he said still uh he still thinks mr glass has a power that shows people what they want to see yeah mr glass was the genie Mm. and was also the mirror so maybe there's some kind of resilient resilient remnant power in him that's uh, preventing emma from being able to tell what is true or maybe she's playing along but after this episode i don't think she's just playing along well imagine this in her head as she's taking david into custody she's she's saying well, whatever she said, basically like, yeah, I thought I could believe you too. But if she's playing the role because she knows that if she's going to keep up her act, she has to act like she believes that these phone records are genuine. And what would she do if she believed it? She would have to arrest him. So she's reluctant either way, but she could still not believe it, really. I really hope she'll cross-check 
um, Sydney Glass and look up those phone records herself. Yeah. In our chat room, Noni is also thinking that Emma is maybe playing along just to see what they're up to. And also um, uh, Melkor had suggested that she had a look on her face that he thought looked like she could tell Sydney was lying, but then she continued on and tried to play along. Either way, at least we know now, I think we can safely assume that there's something there. One of those two things or something similar, it's not that they just, oh, we forgot that she's supposed to be able to tell when people are lying because they underlined that in the same episode that Sydney was at least supposedly deceiving her. So they haven't forgotten. It wasn't just a mistake. They were aware of both facts in the same episode, which is reassuring to me. By the way, we've mentioned the chat room. We do this live every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time over at noodle.mx slash live, as well as on Sunday during the Eastern and Central Time of the airing of the TV show, we have a live chat room going on and then record our initial reactions live afterwards. So that's about 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays over at noodle.mx. So we'd love for you to join us. We've got a bunch of people in the chat room right now. We've got 23 a few people just had to go because it's nighttime (laughs) but we really appreciate everyone hanging out in the chat room and chatting with us and helping us get some of this information correct moving on then from the scene at Catherine's car wait 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 I said there's two (laughs) things that bothered me about that scene the other one is something Jeremy mentioned which I had been frustrated with why does everyone travel down that road they just randomly travel down like why was the gym teacher um traveling down and found Catherine why was um david like driving down there too there's no other roads and jeremy said that you said there should be some road leading off of it yeah they need a cross street because none of them can leave most of them don't want to leave none of them do leave yeah something happens i think emma called david (laughs) that could be i think she called him and that's why he came could you come down to the edge of town i need to talk to you about something (laughs) (laughs) or just yeah come see this (laughs) <laughs> or maybe she told him she found Catherine's car and he's like, wait, yeah, I need to be there. Do you yeah, think that she's was... Like, got time to break the news. Was that the first time he found out? Yeah. That's what she It seemed like said. it. Oh, okay. That's what he said. So yeah, that would sort of make sense honest. then. Maybe she did call. All right. Oh, that one I can pass. So then it goes back to the school. And this is right from the scene where the dwarves were whistling while they work and whistling that song, Whistle While You Work. And then it cuts to the scene of... Leroy is walking into the school and he's whistling while uh, he's whistling that song too. While he's not working. He walks into this classroom and there are a lot of stars on the windows or all over the room and some of the signs of the Zodiac up there. And twice there is Leo the lion. I was thinking, Leo, Leroy. <laughs> I saw the line. I didn't close. make that connection. Leo but... Leopold. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But... Leo Leonardo. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that that was intentional, but uh, it was kind of cute, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and on the chalkboard in the room, there is also a to-do list and several names. Now, the to-do list is pretty standard. It's just like buy plastic and here are the vendors we're going to have with the these selling these different products but then there's a list of names of volunteers volunteers listed under yes are carol steve edith caitlin mary and bart 
Mm. And then names listed under maybe are Gary, James, and Sarah. And then later, Sarah's name gets an X next to it while Gary and James get check marks. Aww. She died. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm guessing those could be names from the crew who helps produce Once Upon a Time. Funny. That would be because funny. Because we've seen names of crew appear in storybook on props before. <laughs> and by the way, the helium came from Elliot's Helium Delivery. Oh, they're a good company. <laughs> you, Wait, what was the name of it? Elliot's Helium Delivery. Hmm. Do we have any significance of the name Elliot? That makes me think of E.T. No, <laughs> no the only thing Elliot. I thought of is Elliot. Oh, yeah, E.T., but then also Pete's Pete, Dragon. Sorry, E.T. is not a fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> no. And they said that they need to sell about a thousand candles. <laughs> and Leroy asked, how many did you sell last year? And she said, 42. 42, yes. Lost reference. <laughs> so I'm think, oh. I'm even wondering, since she said they need to sell about 1,000, does that mean 458 left over from last year? I mean, 958 left over from last year? About 1,000. They could have just made could. 42. <laughs> yeah. Could have. We need 42 more candles because you but, know we're going to sell a thousand this year. Also, I thought something really <laughs> funny was the fact that Leroy started liking Astrid, the nun. It's like he picks the nun to like and he picks a fairy to like, both of which are like the most unavailable <laughs> women of all of Storybrooke and Fairytale Land. And Mary Margaret even says that. She is a nun, Leroy. Could you possibly pick anyone any less available? Says the girl who went after a married guy? <laughs> yeah they they if it wasn't for david i'm like those two have mo more in common than anyone else in fairytale and just the way their characters are at least at this point in the story yeah or story broke they make an interesting team mm -hmm. then looking at when regina gets this uh, phone records i got some screenshots of the phone records they're kind of blurred out because of the focus but then later on you get to see the phone records a lot better and DJ Firemark had also posted some screenshots of the the uh, phone records in the forums. And we'll have some screenshots as well. A couple interesting, not too interesting calls, just some names. It looked like, uh, I think Catherine had called Mr. Clark Sneezy at some point from her cell phone. But she called a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times, too. Mm. Oh, and by the way, that phone call, the supposed phone call with David was an eight-minute phone call. A lost number. Oh, I Maybe. suppose so. <laughs> that's funny. Was it eight minutes even? Well, that's what they said is eight minutes. I'll have to look at the phone record again. But the way phone bills are charged is they're billed by the minute, not by the second. That's true. They usually still say the seconds on there. 21 cents per minute, by the way. That's what the phone Because it'd be still at the end of eight minutes, because then it gets rounded up to nine minutes when you could stop at 7.59 or stop at 8.59. <laughs> I'm just saying. The thing that Leroy wants to do to try to make this all up because he's now wanting to be the hero for Astrid is try and sell all of these candles. And when Mary Margaret was out in the yard, the town hall yard, trying to sell <laughs> candles, she was saying, light your, light your way to a good cause. Buy Miner's Day candles. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Also at that same fair was uh, Regina was some, well, not Regina, but um, 
her pet, her new pet, like Sydney, oh, was playing this little bottle game when Emma came up and she was like, oh, why haven't you found anything yet? But the guy running the bottle game was dopey. Oh, <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah. And, he, and huh. also the last few people to buy candles when there was a rush on all the candles were several of the dwarves. And so real cool that they were coming and helping Mary Margaret. That's funny. At Leroy's boat. Oh, by the way, uh, I wanted to give credit to King Arthur. King Arthur <laughs> had also noticed this, that Dopey was there at the Miner's Day Festival. At Leroy's boat, there's an interesting conversation that goes on with Mr. Gold. And Mr. Gold has some kind of history with nuns or maybe with no. fairies. Yes. Who doesn't like nuns? Oh, I have my reasons. And the mine. Let's just say I have a long and complicated history with them. And leave it in that. Obviously, he's talking about his true past. Mm-hmm. I think so. And we've, we've got a couple theories in the forums. There's a forum post all about this, and a lot of people are sharing their theories about Mr. Gold or Rumpelstiltskin and fairies. And a couple posts came in from this. One is from Cruel Fortuna, who said, My guess is that Rumpel is referring to the blue fairy, seeing as Cinderella gave him a quill, which she had enchanted that bound his magic. Uh, she, meaning the blue fairy, effectively leading to Thomas's disappearance, as well as Rumpel's imprisonment in the cave cell that the dwarves had fashioned for him to ensure his magic would still be moot inside his cell. So that's probably part of the history he's referring to. It also wouldn't surprise me if he hadn't run into at least one fairy that wasn't too keen on him granting wishes for a fair price, when that would be encroaching on the fairy's use of fairy dust, and it would also mean they would be obsolete, as it were. Since from what I gather, fairy dust only helps you achieve your dreams under your own power, and Rumpel's deals, while costly, do tend to be enacted at a much faster pace. Nani reminds us, or Noni in the chat room reminds us, that the blue fairy... No, wait, he blew up Cinderella's fairy. Yeah, that's true. Her fairy godmother. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is apparently a promotion over what apparently. Novo got, because Novo was hoping to be a fairy godmother. True. And Dan, you'd seen another post from the forums tying this in a little bit of a theory with Rumpelstiltskin and the fairies. Yeah, um, Rumpelgoldfan Christy. Um, All one name. Was, <laughs> yes, no spaces, dashes, hyphens, M dashes, or N dashes. Um, she found uh, from one of the other sites that uh, someone had has a whole theory somewhere that Rumpel's son became miserable after Rumpel became the dark one and made a wish that he could um, disappear. Basically, um, that wish that he could disappear that the blue fairy overheard. So she overheard this. She somehow found a way to make him disappear, and he became one of the lost boys from Peter Pan who never grew up and is befriended and protected by Tinkerbell, which is another fairy. Uh, he is somehow spared from the curse, but finds out about it. This person uh, thinks, basically you're saying that uh, Rumpel wrote the book and that the reason that Henry can't figure out who gold is is because he left parts of himself out of the book. So Rumpel's son, who didn't die because he never grew up, starts to age when Emma comes into the scene and, and figures out uh, what is going on. And he is, this is uh, August W. Booth. He comes to town 
And when he grabs the book, he adds the missing pages that contains Rumpel's story so that Henry can figure out who Rumpel is. And it explains why Rumpel hates fairies so much. So she said, it sounds like a decent theory to me and one I hadn't thought of. Where um, did she get this theory? She can't remember where. She had been <laughs> surfing a other a lot of other like forums and things like and that. And blogs. Oh, there are so many blogs now. It's hard for me to keep up. I try to follow all these blogs, but so many great blogs out there. I love this theory because... From the start, um, I'm pretty sure from the start, I thought it was Rumpel's son. And I, um, I thought it was Rumpel's son. And what I thought about it was that how can it be Rumpel's son? The, I didn't like the Pinocchio theory because it explained why he didn't age because he went to the real world, but I didn't like it. This, um, yeah, this Lost Boys from Peter Pan definitely explains why he didn't age while his father had eternal life, basically. Right. Although there have been some rumors that they can't do Peter Pan because of a copyright issue, which is odd because Peter Pan is not, it couldn't really be copyrighted. I haven't kept up as much with copyright laws as before, but essentially in the 20s of 1920s was when copyright law was revised to essentially say something like 75 years after after an author's death so from that point on and so there was kind of this known date that so many years ago there would be uh, things that would be coming into public domain but some of that might not apply to Peter Pan because the first occurrence of Peter Pan was in the early 1900s 1900 and two was when it was first published, but then it got popular in 1904 with the stage play that was called, back then, you know, everything had two names, Peter Pan or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up. <laughs> and he's still 12, year old, 12 years old to this day. <laughs> so I don't know if, if uh, they would try something like that with anyone being the Lost Boys or risk any of that well wait a minute dan have you ever seen hook yes that's definitely copyright <laughs> it's not like the story hasn't been done multiple times so i'm not sure what the holdup would be so i don't want to rule out theories based on real world legalities yeah yeah because disney's made several peter pans is it three i think total right i, I believe so or it seemed like yeah if anyone they would be able to do it but who knows then we move on from there, and so we don't know what this history is with Rumpelstiltskin and fairies or nuns or something. But, oh, by the way, the head nun, or at least the nun that Astrid reports mm -hmm. to, is the blue fairy yes. nun, which I forgot to mention that. Someone had pointed that out in, uh, Jenny, you had in our initial reactions yeah, good job with that because it did not look like the same person. Yeah, well, her hair's all crazy, and well, I like it in Fairytale World. I really like her curly hair, but yeah. as a nun, she looks really plain. But I saw her face, and in Storybrooke, her skin is a lot lighter. Yeah, in Fairytale Land, her skin mm. is a lot darker. That's true too. Yeah, I think I noticed her eyes and her eyebrows. <laughs> They're very distinct, very like when Sydney <laughs> brought the records, the phone records to Emma. He made an interesting statement, which is the opposite of which is actually true. Phone records don't lie. People do. In this case, the phone records are lying. Well, and people are. So I suppose, <laughs> both, yes. Both are true. Mm. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's very good at being convincing. 
I still question whether he knows that the phone records are fake. He he, he does. probably does. He said he has a contact in the phone company. And then he, since he got him from Regina, he's obviously just being yeah. him. He was he's, so pushy, though. Like, you must use my contact, not yours. It's going to take days. You must yeah. go through me. Do it, Emma. Well, he didn't quite push like that, but he was saying, uh, your police contacts will take days. I can do this for you. And... Real quickly. He's, he's a bad guy. He's blowing yeah. smoke, which makes it all smoke and mirrors. Which, by the way, <laughs> does he? did he press that because he wanted her to use his contacts necessarily, which I do think so, but did he also press it because Regina only has a few days to settle this and she's she's working under a clock because she push, pushes Emma later. Is she working under a clock and a timeline where she doesn't want her cover to be blown, so she's trying to speed up Emma's decision? Maybe. I don't know. We don't really know the whole story, but I think there could be something else going on. And it seems like she wants David out of the picture because David, well, both David, both Prince Charming and Snow White were two people who really stood up to Regina. But David is the one who did, took a lot of outright action, kind of. In the diner, Mary Margaret said to Leroy, there are consequences to following through when everyone tells you not to. And he gets inspired to go up on the roof and jump. No. And and cut the power, which I was thinking, he's going to get electrocuted and he's going to remember (laughs) everything. No. Nothing so cool. Yeah. If I had been warming up to the episode at all at this moment, they kind of brought me down again. He talks to Astrid in the very beginning and says, oh, I can help you with that after she spills the pixie dust on him. He goes up and looks at the transformer and it's like, oh, you're overloading it. And then he fixes the lights. Well, if he could do the op, uh, he could do that. You think he could do the opposite and overload a transformer to blow the lights instead of taking a pickaxe <laughs> to the telephone pole. Yeah. Well, you have to remember he was he was drinking. <laughs> Yeah. Where do we get the pickaxe? Yeah. Oh, hey, pickaxe. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was just sitting on the roof, you know, good place to keep a pickaxe. Yeah. It, That's considered it, a weapon. You know, what he did was a crime. Mm-hmm. And he he committed a crime which made Mary Margaret all happy and impressed or whatever she was. And then they went down and they sold all the candles. Well, she was drunk too. So or drinking <laughs> too. So yeah, I don't think they'd had enough to drink to excuse this. Not that that would be a great excuse. Yeah. Forget who it was a while back though. Someone in the chat room said that, uh, both of them were going to be probably in jail the next episode or something like <laughs> <I know>. that. <laughs> yeah. Selling candles. So then later Mary Margaret goes, we sold out. And I was like, yep, <laughs> sure did. <laughs> Like, we'll cut power to the town if we can't sell our candles any other way. So there was a thousand people there? Or they bought a thousand (laughs) candles. Yes. Some people may have needed two or three. The candles Mm -hmm. were $5 each because they sold a thousand. They made $5,000. Right. Good job. (laughs) Thank you, Daniel. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But yeah, I was like, "Uh, I didn't see anybody with two candles. Were there really a thousand? I don't know. Analyzing it too much. Did y'all notice the guy with the carrot? Yeah, what was that yeah. about? I was thinking that was the March Hare from Alice in Wonderland. Because yeah. he just looks crazy and he doesn't say anything. <laughs> Couldn't figure out who the fat um, redhead was who <laughs> shut the door. Yeah, that's though. that's really neat scene. And I think, <laughs> I think some of that, uh, he probably will be back. Because sometimes these characters, you'll see certain 
people in Storybrooke, and they have distinct faces. And those are the people that end up actually playing a character later on, mm-hmm. not just a, a behind-the-scenes person, a, a fill-in or a, yeah, a, whatever they call those. I forget. So would you say Extra? that she could have yeah. been the queen? Uh, even though they were married, they didn't really look happy. I don't know that she's <laughs> the queen, married. but I'm, thinking, I'm saying he is so distinct, and especially with the carrot, they made him stick out in our minds. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, I, we did think that the woman at, at the insane institute, like the nurse, was the... <laughs> The Queen of Hearts. We did think that. We thought that because of the rose. Yeah, that's true. And I can't remember which episode it was, but somewhere there was a sign in the background that was of some place called the Rabbit Hole, which further Hmm, indication of Alice in Wonderland, which we know we're probably going to see Alice in Wonderland at some point in the future. 41 Rapunzel um, saying, I was thinking Jack Spratt, who could eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean. I huh. like it. Because one was carrot, skinny. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I do like that. I, I like that. Funny. That fits really well. I'm not familiar with that story, but that's clever. I've heard the little phrase that 41 Rapunzel said before, but uh, yeah, that definitely painted the picture between the two of them. Huh. And and that could be a, a good a pattern that they're setting of certain fairy tales they're not going to actually cover. But they're just giving a little nod to kind of like how we mentioned what happened to Catherine episode where it was a hint in some ways, maybe toward the Catherine and Frederick fairy tale, even though they didn't actually cover the events of the fairy tale. So maybe that they're doing the same thing here with these two characters. And what was the name of it again? What What happened to Frederick? He said... (laughs) Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. You said what happened to Catherine? We were thinking. Oh. What? what? <laughs> Did you just misspeak the title, or were you just saying that? I was confused. <laughs> I, someone has a f- post in the forums over at onceforums.com with that as the title. Oh. What happened to Catherine? <laughs> so that's what popped in my mind. But uh, so, what was the name of that again? The two characters of this that you were talking about. The- oh, Jax. Brat and his and wife. His wife. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just like a nursery rhyme more than anything, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. it, it's still, you know, could be a hint or it could be Alice in Wonderland. Mm. I would like to go on a wild, down a rabbit hole. There, I'll tie it in <laughs> that way. I've, I meant to say this and I completely forgot about a different episode since we mentioned the nurse in the basement of the hospital and who we think she is. Not only do I think maybe she's the Queen of Hearts, I... And forgive me if I'm stealing this from someone subconsciously, and I don't remember because I don't think that I am, but I've wondered if she could be Regina's mother. Hmm. Maybe. Which would still make Queen of Hearts somewhat meaningful. Anyway, I just wanted it to be, uh, Hmm. you heard it here first, folks. That's cool. If you heard it here first, which you may not have, but if it turns out to be true, I said it. We may proceed. In our way, (laughs) um, I was going to say, Nani beat me, Noni beat me to this. I need pronunciation charts um, hey that's okay since i butchered that <laughs> russian one <laughs> very true um uh noni beat me to this but it's jack Spratt could eat no fat his wife could eat no lean in between the both of them they licked the plate the, they licked the platter clean so that's the whole phrase and that's pretty much the extent of the story yeah which i guess teaches kids to eat their vegetables and <laughs> fat on their chicken i don't know but yeah that's it 
we got a voicemail in from Obi's girl who wanted to share her overall initial reactions and impressions of this episode, and she brings up some great points too. Hello, Daniel Once Crew. This is Obi's girl. I just want to call in and give you guys my first thoughts or random observations about this past episode, Dreamy. First of all, about the CGI sequence in the beginning, I don't know if anyone noticed, but we got to see that the fairies have legs. They have legs. And really nice shoes. The kind of shoes that ballerinas wear. And I don't remember seeing fairies, specifically the blue fairy, in, pa- in past episodes, seeing her feet. It was always CGI'd out. Might want to go back and look at screen caps of that. Uh, I'll pause right there because I did want to point out, I did look back at the past episodes and heard that or saw that the fairies do have legs. They well, weren't removed. Yeah, I don't remember questioning that. They're just not very visible because of all the little... Tentacles. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> they look Yeah, they look like jellyfish. I'm sorry. It's disturbing. Jellyfish, fishes, or mushrooms that fly. <laughs> well, then she continued. Also, a while back, I wondered if we were going to see fairies in Storybook, and we got to see at least two fairies, at least two of them, in Dreamy. Secondly... What, what was up with the guy eating the carrot? <laughs> it reminded me of Bugs Bunny. I know he's not Bugs, but I feel like the character is going to be someone significant in an upcoming episode. And the scene with the dwarves getting their axes and their dwarves' names appearing on the axe reminded me of a scene from the first Harry Potter movie where Harry put on the, hat, on the wizard's hat and then determined which clan Harry belong or school harry belonged to anywho that is all for now can't wait to listen to the podcast you guys rock bye thank you for calling in Obi's girl really appreciate that and great thoughts there i definitely like the harry potter connection i didn't i didn't see that I, it looks familiar to me but uh yeah it was definitely seemed like a recreation of that in a way although harry potter was a different rival he's not studio. a fairy tale <laughs> <laughs> rival studio yeah Anything else we want to share about this episode? Yes. I would just like to mention how I mean, how much I enjoy that they like the script writers kind of tie in Storybrooke and Fairy Tale with their wording. Like like um Leroy was saying, maybe I saw the light and it was after he got sprinkled <laughs> on the head with the glitter. <laughs> and I remember uh Mary Margaret saying something about dreaming. And Sydney Glass referring to Mary Margaret as Pixie cut. Yeah. Like all, all the words are just kind of tying in, yeah. you know, so well. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. And that goes to, I think it was Jeremy had pointed out how the queen tends to use these odd words. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she... Uh, Do not. <laughs> yeah, she seems to have trouble masking her fairy taleness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think we're going to see some awesome episodes ahead. We have uh, 14. This is episode 14. So we have eight yes. episodes left. Eight. That's it. And wow. they will most likely, it sounds like, be renewed for a second season. Though I don't believe there's been absolute confirmation of that. But we don't know when that will be. That could be September or October. It could be January that they come back. At Paley Fest, Adam and Ed were talking, the producers and writers, we're talking about this and they said they do have plans for season two stuff and they were as of sunday they were writing the finale the season finale oh okay yeah. 
and they're filming certain other episodes. I think they just finished filming episode 22, I think they said, or 20. I think it was 20. Sounds about right. And this was 15, 14, 14, 14 that we just saw. Right, yes. Yeah, so eight more to go this season. By the way, this summer, we're thinking about some cool things that we could do summertime and uh, maybe doing some fun things with some of the original fairy tales, but we'll share some of that in the forums. Please follow the show on Twitter as Once Podcast, and you can join the forums too over at oncepodcast.com slash forums to participate in so many awesome conversations going on over there and so much that is being shared and screenshots and a lot more from some totally awesome people. It's free to join and it's really easy to join too. You can log in with your Facebook or Twitter or create an account over there over at oncepodcast.com slash forums or onceforums.com. It's also available on the Tapatalk app if you have that for your iOS device or Android device, which I end up checking the forums a lot through my phone and that's a really easy way to do it as well. So I recommend that. You can check that out over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Please send us your feedback that you want to share for the podcast. And I know we've gotten some great feedback that we just couldn't fit in here, but we'll get to it soon, I hope. You can email feedback at oncepodcast.com or call in and leave a message on our voicemail, 903-231-2221. Or you can go to oncepodcast.com and click the send a voice message button just like Obi's girl did, and send us a message that way. Or you can also email an audio message to us. Just keep your audio messages and messages for the podcast. Try and keep them short so we have enough time to include them and include a lot of the others too. Check out all the other stuff that we're posting over at oncepodcast.com and you can get the links and different things that we mentioned and pictures and screenshots and all of that for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 20. Now, I know I just give you a bunch of links and phone numbers and all of that stuff, but it's all on the website. If you forgot all of this, just go to oncepodcast.com. It's all there. You can get to it, all of it from there and participate in that community that way. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Dan Flynn. You can follow me at twitter.com slash Design. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny'sNook. So thank you so much for listening. And please remember, light your way to a good cause by Miner's Day Candles. <laughs> <laughs> and have a happy ever after. Thank you so much for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our great podcasts like this one at noodle.mx.